Awoga, this is a 12th cast. Hello and welcome to our sixth and final weekly Series 10 commentary, where our end is in the beginning. This Dwarf cast is coming to you just in the nick of time before Red Dwarf 11 bursts onto UK TV play this coming Thursday, so we'd better crack straight on with the final instalment of Some News, with me, Ian Symes. Once again, most some news this week has already been covered on the front page of GNT, but there are a few bits and bobs that have fallen through the cracks between updates. Firstly, it has been exclusively revealed to GNT, via the method of us asking on Twitter, that Twentica will be available on UK TV Play by the afternoon of the 15th. This is admittedly deliberately vague, but it does indicate that we won't have to wait until 9pm like we do for TV screenings. Friday's toss update on the subject was keen to point out that the time is not yet confirmed but was also extremely keen to emphasise multiple times that there may be technical difficulties due to the high demand, which is a little worrying. In other news, the episode that's uploaded on Thursday will be different to the version seen at preview screenings thus far, as Doug tweeted last week that he and Richard had been tweaking Twentica in the edit, saying that it's amazing what you learn seeing it on a movie screen. While we're waiting for that, Red Dwarf is the main feature of this month's SFX magazine, released this week, with four alternate character covers on newsstands and a special group shot cover for subscribers. As well as a Series 11 exclusive, there's also a 36-page booklet entitled The End to the Beginning, dubbed a celebration of the first 28 years. And we also discovered this week that all 61 episodes thus far are now available to buy on the BBC Store, with Back to Earth and Series 10 having recently been added. And finally this week, the news that upwards of three of you will have been waiting for regarding our coverage of Series 11. The situation whereby different fans will be watching at different times has put us in a really difficult position, but after much soul-searching, we've come up with what we think is the best and fairest solution. The aim is that everyone gets the comprehensive coverage that they crave as soon as possible after they've watched the episode, but that nobody has to miss out on anything that can't easily be caught up on. So the plan is thus. A discussion thread on the front page on Thursday, ahead of Twentica's online premiere. A mini-article outlining the biggest talking points from the episode by Friday morning. A comprehensive written review over the weekend before our big live Dwarfcast for Twentica on the night it's broadcast on TV. The timing of the Dwarfcast was the sticking point. In the end, we figured that everyone can listen if it's after the TV broadcast, but not everyone can listen if it's after the online release. People who watch online can read our written material as soon as it's published, whereas it'll be there waiting for the TV viewers when they're ready for it. Our aim is to make the TV broadcast just as much as an event as they were for Series 10, so our approach can be summed up with the notion that the broadcast is the big night when we all gather around to watch together, and all the stuff prior to that is an optional advanced preview. To this end, we're hoping our live Dwarfcast will be good enough that people will be happy to delay their viewing of the following episode by an hour or so. After all, you've got a whole week to catch the preview before the main event. And for the final time, that's all the weather. So before we get on to the aforementioned coverage of the new series, there is the small matter of finally wrapping up Series 10. Joining me for the commentary of the beginning were Tanya Jones, Danny Stevenson, Jonathan Capps via Skype, and the fan club's Joe Sharples. And, as I'm sure you're aware by now, if you'd like to sync the commentary with the episode, press play on your video device after the pips. 
This commentary contains an overwhelming amount of positivity regarding its subject matter and optimism for the future, which may baffle and offend some long-term GNT users. There ain't no place in the whole of cyberspace. www.ganymede.tv Yay! Yay! It worked. <laughs> <laughs> There's a really good... I'm listening to this on headphones and there's a really good like, tractor noise that comes with Blue Midget. <laughs> I don't know if that's obvious on no, the telly I, Yeah, I hear that too. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all these episodes that we've been commentating on for the last six consecutive weeks. I really hate that leg shot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used it precisely two weeks ago uh, as the banner image for the <laughs> And yeah, here we are. Flashback. Um, yes. It's really good. I, I really love quite... that it's, it's a classic glass polytechnic sort of <laughs> thing. And it's, they've not made it look futuristic. It just looks like a very new university. Yes, I got oh, quite I... excited when I saw it. I believe I've only just noticed for the first time what's written on that whiteboard, which yeah. is Divorce. some sort of acronym for divorce. <laughs> <laughs> These are the corridors Today. of Shepperton Studios. Oh, yeah. Today we're studying um, the classic song by Billy Connolly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the guy sat in front of him was the guy that was on the front of the U magazine. Oh, is that Reese King? Reese King. Yeah. And back right is uh, Richard Naylor in his normal clothes. <laughs> <laughs> There's Oakland Furniture's very own Philip Levy. <laughs> <laughs> it's really unrealistic. There's no way Richard Naylor's university age. <laughs> <laughs> and Simon Trevis, who is related to the man who treated the elephant man. Yeah. It's just things that we gleaned at Dimension. Philip Levy is really good in this. He is. It's, it's an outstanding performance. He has such a specific job to do of being a young Chris Berry, and that's not an easy job. Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the young... Versions of them have been pretty good. Yeah. In their, in their, their like the, oh, I'm going to forget the name of the lad now. But Simon yeah. Gaffney. Simon Gaffney, yeah, because he was in it twice. And it, 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 both times it was brilliant. And, uh, and indeed, is, all the Rimmers in this series is one of their main triumphs. It's really dense. Um, yeah, I think I said this first time around, but I'm really amused at how they've set it in a sort of IO 1950s. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than trying to do some futuristic, <laughs> well, it's deliberately the, yeah. make it old school. It's almost like yeah. the, the fashion styles are cyclical. Yeah. Like it tends yeah. To or maybe the colonies that kind of started from scratch a little bit that were set back a few yeah. decades. That's a great model. Show, and though. he was uh, yeah. unsuccessful women even then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what we forgot to do? What's that? This episode was number 26 in the Silver Survey. The oh. highest of any think past uh, <laughs> past 1993 mm. uh, higher than anything in 7 and 8 and obviously the top of series 10 I think that's probably fair oh, no, that's I personally very slightly prefer Lemons but I'm not complaining about the beginning being thought of as being good enough to be part of the you know the impenetrable bubble of 36 that we often talk about yeah yeah what and is the deal with Danny's fangs sorry why are they yellow and the rest of the that's his teeth. Yeah, the, the colours don't match. Danny's teeth are nicer than the false teeth. Mm. And there's 
is Richard O'Callaghan doing an extraordinary performance considering <laughs> A, he's a very old man yes. and B, yeah. he can't see a fucking thing. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> not for real, this but in this. Really in the, yes, <laughs> the costume, let's <laughs> put that. I really like Hoagie the Rogie. Some people have got an issue with it that it's a bit silly, but I don't care. Um, it is a bit silly, and that's really good. But that's, just, dead. that's absolutely part of his character, though. I just like that yeah. it's this this whole untold world that their lives have been carrying on without us for nine years. Yes. Mm. We haven't seen Hoagie the Rogue before, but the way that they react to him is this, oh, him again. He's been yeah. there for years. Like, mm. There's so many untold stories. If... If Red Dwarf was Doctor Who, there'd be a big Finnish spin-off of Hoagie the Rogue's Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good yeah. as well because at the beginning is the only episode in ten really that doesn't suffer from the problem of like a, a, a bit of a weird or un- uninspiring opening. Yes, yeah, it's um, directly. It, it feels very much yeah in the vein of older older series that had very relevant openings, but also day to day life kind of mixed all together. Yeah, there's only so much this is the status quo stuff you can do in a series. And uh, yeah. and this one definitely benefits from Ian's not having to bother with that. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of, but it, it is, it's a, a part of the status quo, because this guy yeah. turns up yes, every that's, months. But it's new <laughs> status quo for us, for the audience, yeah. crucially. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's it's nice. Nice uh, pink onesie there. And there hasn't been any original status quo material for years, but Let's not talk about Thank the band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got there. Yeah. A, a droid with a coma over is possibly the greatest, <laughs> most British thing you could imagine. If you're going to do make a sci-fi, let's have another coma. Well, careful, don't yeah. touch its logo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah, some normal business with <laughs> vending machines where yeah. they're used for their intended purpose. <laughs> no one's trying to shake this vending machine. No, that's oh, nice. <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't put it past Hoagie. Yeah, it's true. He'd put it past the vending machine. <laughs> His aim's not great. You can't see. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder, can the character see everything perfectly? It's just that the actor can't. I think he hasn't got very good depth perception based on his... Uh, he's got an eye patch, yeah. ...missing eye. But then he's a robot. It's That's true. I do. I don't want to bollock on too much about being at the recording, but at this point in the recording, some people suspected this was Richard O'Callaghan, but no one actually knew because it was after once this scene was wrapped. That's when he was revealed to the audience and announced. Because of course Um, you knew Hoagie the Rogie, the name Hoagie the Rogie from the series eight documentary. Yeah. uh, Where he talks about uh, no, from the Back to Earth documentary rather. Yeah, Uh, Back to Earth. After Richard O'Callaghan's appearance there, he talked about I was I was cast to play Hoagie the Rogue in the movie, but yeah, you didn't know for um, sure. I have to ask, those orange aids are just um, cheap brand I spotted those aids, for the they? first time just now, yeah. They're Not from like a, a Londis or some yeah. coffee, shop, coffee shopper type thing. That's irritating, <laughs> given right. that they've gone so much effort to have a JMC lager can. <laughs> yeah. Well, normally they go... Al- a great effort to have either JMC stuff or Tesco stuff, so yes. they've clearly gone <laughs> into some hard times. <laughs> Maybe the product placement feels different these days. And explode! That's really yes. good. That's a brilliant cut. Really, nice. really, really sells that. This it's is one of the most weird, yeah, weird sped up shot where mm. it looks interlaced rather than close up. It really stands out. That's quite a good bit of exposition. You totally get that. 
Mm. Oh, Crichton, now's not the time for cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> oh, At least he's not Crichton. saying you're lying or anything. <laughs> there are worse Crichton sins. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That was very unconvincing <laughs> acting for Chris Brown, that I'd say. <laughs> Doing, being sucked off acting. <laughs> It's in the grand tradition of Legion, I think. Yeah. Weird sped up shots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, For those not watching along, that was the sight gag of the comb over being Bobby Charlton all over the show. Bobby Charlton. Nice, uh, nice steal from um, Rob Grant's novel Backwards. Oh, right? yeah. Getting the arse stuck in the thing. And yeah. there's Rimmer picking up the lamp, which, of course, he's taken with him every time there's been an emergency. It's just that we've never seen it before. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Was well, it Chekhov's lamp? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Dominator. There's a, a weird uh, keying error with that uh, big annihilator. Which is a shame, cause. Well, yeah, it's up to that. Semi-transparent at times. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's actually alright. It's loosened. <sighs> That's the one. Could be designed that way. Could be like a stealth. <laughs> yeah. Cloaking, cloaking device is not working. Yeah, so zip. Uh, hang on, yeah, this would have been shot in the pickup week after they redressed the set back from Blue Midget. Yes. Isn't uh, Interesting. Is it this scene or a later one where there's footage of them just reading it? This scene. Uh, it might be. There's a, might, might be a couple in the drive room. Actually, no. Yeah, it's this scene. I think it is this scene, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is because he goes off to check. Yes. Yeah. 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 The brilliant thing about we're smicked in the oh, so good. Yeah, it might be there as a del- in the deleted scene section actually, but still, yeah, digging out the footage and giving it to us is great yeah. thing to do. <laughs> yeah, digging through the archives. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, it's showing across the corridor. Uh, well, yeah. that, <laughs> more, <laughs> more personally, the fact that the behind the scenes camera was there to shoot it. Yeah, what's that? Yeah, a behind the scenes camera that we saw in evidence. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 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 every recording we were at, so and we're including series eleven and twelve. Yeah. Um, yeah, exa- yeah. Well, yeah. It's a yeah. It's always the little bonus that comes when the series is over, and you're like, ah, oh, we've had the series. Ah, oh, we've got the DVD in a bit. We've got the documentary to watch. Yeah. Yeah, and there's clues that suggest we're going to get the DVDs quickly again, aren't there? Yeah. Some sort of thing somewhere. Well, who knows what details have emerged in the last two weeks. Because we're in the future now. But, oh, yeah. It'll, <laughs> uh, it'll come out around as the one to five Blu rays, I think. <laughs> around two weeks ago, uh, Richard was talking on Twitter asking people what extras they want, uh, like wish lists of dream extras. So we'll see what comes of that. Well, good old scores, please. Really, really good guest characters. Fantastic. Yeah, and it's a shame uh, John couldn't make it uh, across for this commentary, but this, uh, I think John said that this is one of his favourite scenes, if not his favourite scene in 10. Uh, because it, he finds it interesting that all his favourite bits don't have the main cast in them. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it is unusual for Dwarf. There are probably definitely examples from earlier series, but to cut away from our crew and have scenes that don't have them in at all. But it's good. It's just a really good little sketch. 
I think the main reason for that is as well. You have when when it comes to the characters, they're so versed in how they would act and how they would say and how they would do a specific action that you know any slight deviation away from that would annoy us. But because these guys are completely new to us, mm. and the idea that they're doing something that's completely different than what we normally see, it gives Doug some freedom to do something tonally yeah. quite separate. Exactly. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I just. I <laughs> It's interesting, because uh, we assume that this bit is one of the bits that was cribbed from the movie script. Yeah. The yeah. Annihilators, the, no, the Annihilators, the, the Dominators, of this particular brand of simulants. So maybe this scene, it would make sense to in a movie to cut away from the main crew. Yes, yeah. and have a separate scene. And yeah. it feels quite well refined. It's interesting, it's like... <laughs> But we don't know the full extent of what's movie and what's not. It's yeah. it's kind of interesting that you know we could make an assumption of a certain scene, I mean, but it's uh, it clearly peppered throughout. And I bet you the scenes that we don't even know were part of the movie. Yeah, one of the many drafts of the movie. A slight level of gore. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's just it's... enough to be weird and enough to just kind of oh dear. Bits of awful. <laughs> These guys aren't a million miles away from the agonoids. Rob Grant's yeah. agonoids. Um, Chuckles darkly. <laughs> which we were saying about the, uh, this, the the season 11 trailer, or series 11 trailer, where there's the, that robot, that's the idea of what I thought an agonoid would look like, this kind of creepy-looking creature with yeah. know, touch devices all around it. That was two Ooh. weeks ago, get over it. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this is all... Uh, oh, look at this then, in that um, shot. Oh it's all yeah, grainy. That's not great. Well, that's one of the best they had a they had a go at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame, isn't it? It's a shame because there was plenty of time in the edit. Yeah. Because they this was shot in end of January, and it wasn't aired until November. That's brilliant. That yeah. shot is very familiar from trailers and total sequences and stuff, isn't it? Yes. See, if, if Rimmer has been carrying that around all the time, then Crown wouldn't need to point out what it is. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yes. That's Maybe a, another one of those like... signposting, literally hang a hollow lamp on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many times have they had to evacuate the ship from the bunk room? Yeah. Like, the, the, the one main evacuation I can think of is Demons and Angels, and they were in the science room, so he could have been... Perhaps in know, Marooned, it was in the comfortable trunk. Maybe. And... So Almost certainly. Not everything that was in the trunk got referenced, and it doesn't burn, so it wouldn't have been mentioned. Yeah, yeah, metal doesn't uh, make for a good campfire. <laughs> Maybe that's something that should have been in the um, post pod. Yeah. Um, a gift from home. Mm. Oh, man. Oh, dear. <laughs> you just fixed a massive problem. Uh... <laughs> Stop doing that. <laughs> it's uh, so easy to fix. Hiding uh, in Oreos. Rather than asteroids. Oreos. <laughs> what a tasty way to hide. <laughs> it's like honey ice from the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. The, in in nice HD, the circuit boards on the uh, foreheads yeah. leave something to be desired. <laughs> well, it's yeah. the simplest way of just getting across. I mean, a H on the forehead could have been argued as being something that's a bit odd, but I you know, can see that the stark lines on the guy's face as well to sort of show a more structured. Like the cat. Yeah, mm. which no one seems to have ever noticed before. Oh, yes. Yes, I was <laughs> like, a few you weeks never ago. did. 
broke yeah. the entire Red Dwarf community with that reveal. <laughs> it did, yeah. Um, I do feel this is very funny because it kind of ties into a sort of finality of evil yeah. type of thing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it feels like it, even though it's not our characters, it feels like it belongs in the Red Dwarf universe. Yeah, so yeah. Good. it doesn't it, feel tacked on. Because he's not really very frustrating, he's just very petty yeah. and annoyed. Yeah. And yeah, all these elements of of our society that we see mm. transposed into space, that's largely the essence of Red Dwarf. Yeah. Uh, I like that because this is the Blue Midget cockpit, they film it head on, a la series um, 8. Yeah. yeah. It's one yeah, of the distinguishing true. things. So yeah, this was the drive room redressed essentially, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, yeah with the most recent filming with series eleven and twelve, Starbug was bolted onto the end. I yeah, I mean, still little remnants in the drive. I do enjoy um, Rimmer boasting about his death. I do think that <laughs> is very Rimmer. Yeah. yeah very this is the one that feels the most complete as a as a, mm. an idea from start to finish. It feels like yeah. the most the most happy episode. Of and it's. It's all the more remarkable that it was one of the two that was relatively last minute. Obviously, the movie script helped the, being able to cannibalise old ideas and transpose things, um, but yeah. Did yeah. I, but get it on screen. Did, did I bring up my annoyance that they didn't mention Gaspacho, which is actually what he said when he died? Yeah, we mentioned yeah. it a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, I won't mention it again then. Well, Gaspacho <laughs> suit was something... That, well, I always thought that the Gaspacho suit was something that he'd created as a as a dramatization of his own death mm. like almost trying to make it like citizen kane like he's he's, he's created that video himself mm. and he's recreated it with this thing and it's it's not actual footage it's sort of his interpretation of it and oh. he's trying to do it all filmically and he's trying to Danny, do it you're freaking me out like yeah. he's altered his memories in well, the same way the, that yeah. does not altered his memories but literally just made like, a dramatization of his own death as if something to watch and to be proud of when he watches it back as if it's the output from he's got the holly album. to do it because yeah. holly made yes. it for me so i think that he's got holly to make it the way that he wanted it to be rather than the way it actually was it's not actually CCTV. well i think that's an interesting theory then yeah well considering he was presenting it you know with with you know a nice little intro with his yeah. poems and and everything like that then it makes sense that he would have doctored it in some way mm -hmm. or you know Shit, yeah, isn't, this staged the, it in some way. isn't this the plot of that terrible episode from the latest series of Doctor Who, the Bruce <laughs> Smith one? <laughs> um, yeah, then maybe uh, are we saying that the rest of the crew have watched his actual death rather than the... Yeah, yeah since they found then, they found out that it was bullshitting. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that happened in the nine years, that could have been yeah. a whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> then Hoagie the Rogie turns up to watch it with them. <laughs> I mean, like Lister goes to remove his diary and reads it. So why would he not read through all the, the yeah. security files? Perfect. And he, so he can go through. And he goes creeping around Kachansky's quarters. The, the <laughs> other uh, solution, of course, is that Lister, after making, after very quickly going back on his word of not mentioning Gaspacho Soup again, gets one last joke in and then it sticks to his word for the next twenty years. Uh, <laughs> maybe crazy. this bit's the lie and Lister's complicit in it. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Okay. Oh, well, there you go. Several options. Lots yes. <laughs> to mull over there in the comments. Layers. <laughs> we're smegged. Uh, On the night, wasn't that we're fucked? Uh, they, I yes. think they did an alternate <laughs> they did, they they did. Yeah. 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 This is a good timetable. <laughs> it is. And it reappears in series 11 because mm -hmm. we see it in the trailer. Yeah. 
it's a good thing. It's really worth worth pausing and um, going through all that stuff because it's, it's bloody brilliant. Yes. I believe if you want to go all the way back to the our original review of it on GNT, uh, one of the screen grabs in that is the close-up. Yeah, well, we'll all the details. <laughs> this was another trailer. This scene wasn't it? The pencil shot. It was. Yeah. yeah. It works it's better. Good. It works better in the episode. Is that green screen? I'm not sure. If it is, it's no, fairly good. No, I don't good. think so. Oh no, okay, no, it's too. It's too yeah, much. there's too much variation Molly in the angle. Molly D again. The, the, look at this. <laughs> Checkups, Molly D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Checkups all over thing. this fucking yeah. episode. Now you're thinking with portals. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Some people. Uh, I've read criticisms of this scene that um, Cap being insightful is out of character. But I don't think it is. No. I think normally Cap can't be asked like. Because there's a thing that real cats do. Real cats can choose to understand <laughs> humans or not to an extent when it's your cat. Yeah. And for the cat, normally, there is no incentive for him in cheering Rimmer up. But in this instance, they're relying on Rimmer, and it's in his self-interest to make sure Rimmer does his job properly. So he's putting the effort in because he's inherently selfish, and the only way to get him to be nice to Rimmer is if his life depends on it. Yeah. It's good. He made me sad now because I used to have cats. <laughs> <laughs> no anymore. We can no. find you to the Skype room. I just like the idea that there's, there's, there's almost two character, almost like two character redemptions in this one because it's Rimmer doing it with the thing, and, like Rimmer and Cat having a dialogue is unusual. Yeah, it's not something that ever yeah. happens. When the, the only time it ever happens not is when for years. Rimmer Cat is actually helping Rimmer, which I think is a quite a bold thing to happen. Yeah, so not, quite not coming it's in like, and it's a, That's yeah, quite significant. It's an end of the series thing. It's yes. character progression. Yes. It's not out of character, it's moving the character on. Yeah. I like it that. is the I most do, like effective thing. end of the series episode, I think, that exists. Yes. Where all the, the most kind of deliberately end of the series. Well, yeah. Uh, and, and of course, we didn't know at the time that there would be a series 11. And yeah, so at it. the time, we were thinking this could be the last one ever. This yeah. is one last hurrah. And I think. I don't know whether Doug deliberately had that in mind or not, but it seems like it would work very nicely if it was the last episode ever, mm-hmm. because it doesn't preclude any future adventures, obviously, mm-hmm. but it also it, it's just nice and it's self-contained and it wraps things up and there's a nice note to end yeah. on. And that's, I guess, what makes it interesting that the episode that is episode six of eleven, from what people have said, doesn't it doesn't sound like it's in the same vein as this at all. Well, it, it, was, it was not recorded as the last episode. The last yeah, episode exactly. Yeah, and it, it didn't. No, no one mentioned that it felt like that sort of episode. So, um, <laughs> I guess that's nice as well. Kind of have then, just, just it's just another episode of Red Dwarf, and then there's more coming next year. It's like being in the nineties again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, I suppose as well when we were when the set reports were coming in for series eleven. If you were at the last episode of it, and the same for 12, if you were at the sixth recording and you knew it was the sixth and final recording, you'd be looking out for how is this yeah. back at the end of the series, which you're definitely yeah, not doing when you're watching the third or the fourth, whatever whatever um, kind of Worms was. I can't remember off the top of my head. Second. This, uh, this is um, quite rewarding from a plot point of view because it does refer back to the whole of Rumour's character. Yeah. And that's yeah, right from better than life is the yeah. first time where he goes into depth about his father. Yes, mm. yeah. that far back, and that's when yeah. 
Rimmer starts to become more human mm. towards the end of series one, beginning of series two. He develops from just being a bastard to a flawed. Yeah. Yes, he's, he's the black sheep of the family. It's made really yeah. clear, yeah. and so now he's got a reason and a reason why his uh, father or the guy he fought with his father was so cruel to him. Mm-hmm. Partly because he was cruel, but also because he, he was especially cruel to yeah, Arnold. He never really belonged yeah. to him. No, and resented his wife uh, committing yeah. adultery. Well, it's the first time he's been slave. able to blame his father for something legitimately. Because all the other times, well, yeah, <laughs> all the other times that he's blamed his parents, it's it, it's a plot point that he's he's forcing blame onto other people, and it's pre- presented as being like you know Ill- illegitimate blaming of other people. But this time, it's just like yeah, it, there's a large part of my psyche that is absolutely your fault, and he's confident <laughs> in that conviction and allows him to kind of strike out. Um, yeah, it's, this uh... is. <laughs> so as as Lister says, it's uh it's the jigsaw falling into place. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's yeah. a really nice line. A very oft quoted line. Yeah, it's up there with the classics. <laughs> and that is a very straightforward callback, but I've always found it really satisfying. Yeah, the hands in the air. Yeah, again, it's it's satisfying in and of itself this episode, but also. In the longer, in the wider gamut of Red Dwarf, it's yeah. set this way. It'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I do like that joke. Difference to But it is a bit. Mm. Well, the Romans ever done for us? Hey, <laughs> 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 surprise, surprise! Okay, how do we feel this revelation about Rimmer's dad, and not being Rimmer's dad? Mm-hmm. How do we feel that links into the fact that Howard is also a failure? I wanted to mention that. <clears throat> But I didn't want to. I, I, I didn't want to infer that if, if Howard is actually his brother or not. Yeah, I think re- regardless of whether he was raising a legitimate son or an illegitimate son, his style of parenting is so appalling that it's not actually yielded very good results. Yeah, <laughs> if, I mean, with at least two of them, one legitimate, one illegitimate. But Rimmer, it does seem more fucked up than Howard still. So Arnold did get the brunt yeah. of it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you could also go with a theory that um, Rimmer's mother hated her husband so much that she mm. committed adultery multiple, multiple times, times and <laughs> had resulting yeah. children from that. Which, maybe all yeah. of her children, uh, yeah. the gamekeeper or somebody else's, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and because, you know... It could even be that Rimmer's father the, actually... Um, was infertile almost, yeah. Yeah, even. Or and maybe that's why he's so angry. Maybe <laughs> so. Be. Maybe so. All about the cocks. I'm not that keen actually on like, com- on on the theory of saying well maybe all of the brothers are exactly like Howard, you know, lying about their success because I like the conceit of Ace Rimmer being able to sort of you know reach those heights in a similar vein to his brothers just. You know, from one opportunity they got, I like, I like the idea that that gene pool has the, you know, it does have the potential. It yeah. does have the potential, and they're his half brothers still, and I, you know, his nature. It, it makes nurture. the character of Ace, yeah, more satisfying if there is, you know, a successful brother, at least one of them, anyway. And the good thing about this revelation is that it, you, depending on what happens next either option makes sense so either Rimmer is a changed man as a result of it 
Or if he's not, then it's because, well, actually, even though biologically he wasn't his father, it was still him that raised him. And, like, it's yeah. going to make some difference to him, but he's still going to have all those scars and he's still going to have all that resentment and he's still going to have those feelings towards yeah. lecturer. He's still the same person. Yeah. I love the line, you live, you die, and he says, yes, but you live, you die, and then you live again. Yeah. It's a fucking brilliant mm-hmm. line. And it sums up Red Dwarf as a whole perfectly. Oh, wow, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is pretty well thought through. I'm, yeah. I'm pleased with this. I hope... Um, it's a result of Doug playing Portal. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I really like Portal. <laughs> Why do you keep looking at the fucking floor all the time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only they'd grasped the advantages of three-dimensional space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's nice. That is nice. Yay. Yeah, the spaceships themselves look really lovely. The explosions... Uh, in that particular sequence, do not the compositing, the way the shots been put together in post, mm. doesn't quite work very nicely. It's traditional. There's, the, you know, the, there's the odd dodgy um, superimposed explosion in Red Dwarf. Yeah, out of time suffers from it quite badly. Uh, and it ends with the callback to the very first episode. It's lovely. It feels it's really almost, satisfying. It's almost a shame that there's. Two new series. <laughs> Unless series 12 ends with the same again. <laughs> and then series 13 and 14. Well, it feels like it's the Futurama thing, isn't it? Yeah. Futurama yeah, thing, you've got to, an ending without an ending. Yeah. You've got to be aware of the possibility that this is the last episode ever. Mm. Yeah. But as, but as, as, as an ending for series, it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. And I like the fact that it, it, it does touch on similar themes to Trojan. So it, it bookends with Rimmo. Stories and rumor family stories. Yes. Yeah. And they're two of the strongest episodes. Mm, definitely. Oh, oh yeah. First great thing, which on the night um, we were all expecting, so it didn't quite have the impact that it just did because we'd forgotten that it was there. <laughs> but yeah, it is neat and it is nice to see Hoagie again. <laughs> I love, I absolutely love that Doug will never, ever, oh. ever explain what the fuck happened in season eight. Although, yeah. actually, saying that, didn't someone ask him? A DJ, a DJ whether he would explain. He always gets said, asked. "Oh, I, it's going to get explained," and I was like, mm. "No." Was that the wrong question? Have I No, no. That? I remember him saying at DJ that he said that he's considering answering that in series 11 or 12. Oh, okay. But whether he's actually done that. No. He, he, because that was before right. the Basically, were written. Basically, this is an open call. Oh, it's already done, so it doesn't matter. But, you know, I hope he hasn't. Yeah, okay. I hope he hasn't tried to, because there's no need to. No. That is the perfect way to address it, is to, to no. just not. Because it's not... It's so much more fun to not have it. It's, it's not so much even more important. Fun it's no. not. No, you can't isn't. be beholden to continuity. You can use continuity to your advantage, but you shouldn't be beholden to something like... Red Dwarf's been so fucking unfamiliar. With and Doctor Who is obviously the main example of a sci-fi show that is, is long-running, went away, came back, and has in its history at times been really bogged down in its own sense of continuity and mm. felt the need to explain absolutely everything. But what Russell did when he brought it back was to realise, no, we're making new episodes for a new audience, yeah. and as long as they work within their, themselves, we don't need to explain what happened to the Eighth Doctor, although actually <laughs> that, did, that did happen. But that's the point, you don't need to do it in, the, in, in your initial comeback. Yeah. It would have been weird, like, obviously it would have been weird to start Back to Earth with resolving the cliffhanger, that would have just been ridiculous, because mm. it's like, oh, it's brand new. 
Oh, hang on, what was this? Like, obviously, we would remember what's going yes. on. Yeah. But your general audience, yeah. you don't want to get bogged down and thinking, oh, we're on the we're on the tenth, eleventh, twelfth series of something. Yeah. You want to st- you want to not put people off watching because they think they're missing out. Yeah. And at this point as well, um, Red Dwarf is now a better show for not having that explanation because the <laughs> lack of explanation has provided two really good jokes in yeah. the episode. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So let's leave it's, it at that. It's, it's been turned into a benefit, and it's the same with Doctor Who. Like the the sort of or not being behooven to past continuity at the start, at least, was an advantage. Yeah. Like it was it was an it wasn't just a necessary evil. It was you know a, a boost. Yeah. Explain it now would just be pointless. Yeah, it just seems so old at this stage. Yeah, I mean, how long ago was that now? Uh, 17 years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind <laughs> of just, you know, let it go, let it go. We skipped over it, but um, nice uh, book ending of um, in memoriam uh, yes. stuff in the series. Oh, of course. Joe yes. Howard on, on Trojan and uh, Peter Wegg for the beginning. And every time series 10 is repeated on Dave, we can tell by looking at the search terms that have found G&T, because yeah. people search for Joe Howard and Peter Rag every time their names are on TV, and I think that's a really nice thing yeah. that people yeah. oh. want to find out who these people are and learn yes. something and about them. we can be of service. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, And it's it's one of the few times where <laughs> you will uh, arrive on G&T to some sincerity. Yeah. <laughs> 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 us being incredibly nice about yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I wrote the review for this for long years ago in November 2012 and uh, and what I said towards the end uh, which is, is relevant to our perspective now of having just finished re-watching series 10 over the last six weeks which has definitely only been six weeks for us uh, <laughs> I said Red Dwarf 10 as a whole will hopefully also be the beginning of a new era for Red Dwarf it doesn't feel like one last hurrah for a dormant franchise. It's simply a new series that happened to come 13 years after the last one. Sometimes the series can live, die, and then live again. It's been far from perfect, and the beginning doesn't quite feel like a billion piece jigsaw slotting into place, but it does give us a solid, confident final episode, which certainly holds its own against the 24 other post-1993 episodes, and even compares favourably to the original 36. With a combination of excellent guest stars, pinpoint characterisation, fantastic visual effects and very funny sequences, the beginning is the series finale that we deserve. One which gives us hope for the future, but that leaves us with a satisfying and pleasing moment of closure if the beginning ends up being the end. Which it hasn't. No. And no. I'm glad that it hasn't, because I like New Red Dwarf. Definitely. But well said nonetheless. Thanks, yeah, past, past Ian was better than current Ian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, current too. And so, yeah, in terms of whether I still agree, excellent guest stars, yes. Pinpoint characterization, yes. Fantastic visual effects, yes and no. There are some bits that you'd notice yeah, after yeah. four years. and not. Yeah. I think we're maybe wowed by the, the step up in this episode. is huge. Yeah, compared but to the rest of ten. Yeah, they. this was the really one effects-heavy episode. Mm. And I'm hoping, oh, okay. just from the fact that with the trailers that we've seen so far and the clips that we've seen so far there's so many different looking sequences types of shot as well like yeah. types of special effect not just not just because your CG you, and your, your I mean yeah the trailers and the title sequence for um, for series 10 had a lot of spacey 
things and explosions and visual effects and they all came from the beginning pretty much yeah but it doesn't look like the ones in series 11 all come from one episode it looks like they're different plots yeah there'll be it feels like there's gonna be some balance yeah yeah uh, <clears throat> yeah more consistency stuff. throughout and yeah. you know obviously some details may yet emerge um when the dvd comes out but there doesn't appear to have been any major production fuck-ups with series 11 or 12 certainly not to the extent of two episodes being scrapped and having to be rewritten from scratch and old plots being cannibalized it seems to have gone to plan so hopefully uh, series 11 won't have some of the same problems as 10 of inconsistency and a mm. bit of imbalance mm. uh, series 10 as a whole after four years how do we feel about it Mm, I still don't really feel that was different than when I first saw it. Yeah, yeah. Trojan and Beginning is still the stronger ones. They, they still sit there and they're still they're still as good as I remember them being. And then you've got that the Fab and Sons as well is really good, but it just it's it laying down by that, by that one. Yeah, I I think yeah. I don't think I've got a radically different opinion. No, I've relatively cooled on it. I think because obviously the excitement of the time will kind of sort of settle down to a yeah. base level after a while but I don't feel like any drastic sort of changes of opinion have happened but at the same time I haven't I mean even Back to Earth I rewatched dozens of times by the end and I, I haven't really done that with 10 and I'm not entirely sure whether that says more about me or the show I, you know in that I don't tend to rewatch things over and over again as much as I did when I was younger but mm-hmm. um, it's Increasingly looking like the the solid but unremarkable series, the only solid but unremarkable series that Red yeah. Dwarf's had, if you see what I mean. Um, which is fine because it was a, it was a good it was kind of what was needed and under the circumstances a miracle. Um, it was needed to kind of you know get the show back on a solid footing, yeah. mm. build what's you know what's about to happen. For me, my views on ten, I get slightly more exasperated re-watching the bits that I don't enjoy and I think that's largely because now after four years of talking about them uh, they've become bigger in my head the you know, Taiwan Tony is you know, slags you know the standard yeah. stuff <laughs> you're, you're killing off of random women and not yes. caring yeah that kind of thing grates more because it's it's so fresh and I think that when the new series comes out and series 10 is no longer the newest it, that feels weird. We were talking about this off camera, off microphone earlier. Uh, that um, it's it's weird to think that series ten won't be the new stuff in just mm. a week or so's time. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. It's it's a very odd thought, and I think it's going to. If if the you know the quality of the series bears out based on everything that's been said and everything yeah. and the way it's looking. I think Series 10 is really going to take a hit. <laughs> well, it'd be interesting, uh-huh. yeah, the next time we do a big poll. Yeah. If things are still... I think, yeah, the re- the relative merits of Series 10 episodes compared to each other won't change. I think people's favourites are still going to be their favourite. But it's how they stack up against the rest of the canon is going to be an interesting I thing. I think that's how I... That's, that's probably the best way I could, dis- that I could put... Well, that next that. poll is going to be... It's going to be fascinating because eleven and twelve are going to be huge, like unpredictable, destabilizing things. Like suddenly yeah. twelve episodes are thrown into the mix, and we still had quite clear cut delineations that the the, the silver survey we did in the silver survey. Uh, yeah. when it's broken down by series, there's there's clear 
gaps. It's like series one to six are fairly bunched together, and then there's an equal sized gap between one to six and ten, and ten and seven and eight. And yeah, that's yeah. And I don't think that's going to be the case. Slap bang in the middle. The purple 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 comes along, and <laughs> like there's going to be so there's there's going to be a lot more widely differing sort of opinions. So they I think they're going to be mixed in. A lot more, and uh, maybe the old thirty-six. Um, well, yeah, the just, thirty-six is just not going to exist anymore. Numerically, the same degree. Numerically, like, yeah, that thirty-six becomes less and less relevant as, as if, more episodes are made. Because if that's that, not already yeah. starting, because yeah. you're already starting to get crack showing in 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 the thirty-six having stuff that's getting yeah. in there now. So I mean. Know. That's wrong, but yeah, it, <laughs> the cracks are there. I mean, no, that, I still... not in terms of a weakness or anything, just in terms of the fact that, you know, 36 are no longer in penalty. You know, <laughs> no, I was more like referring to the fact that, you know, what, was it Waiting for God that takes the hit there? Waiting for I God drops it... out. There's, there's Trojan as well as in the top 36, as is uh, Tick to Ride. So that's three of the yeah. 36 have been knocked out. So that would have been Trojan, possibly DNA and... Anyway, uh, we could check. But, yeah. <laughs> Why not do it yourself by going to Genemy.tv? <laughs> <laughs> and be angry at lists of things that are not in the order that you would put them in. Because <laughs> I'm still angry about some things. <laughs> but, yeah, um, by the time Series 12 comes out, there'll have been more Doug-only episodes than Robin Doug episodes. And, fucking hell, by the time 12, by the time 12 comes out... We might already know that thirteen and fourteen yeah. have been written, like yeah. you know, based on possibly serious tweets that he made. Um, yeah, he comments he made at the twenty premiere two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. So the so, future is pretty bright for Red Dwarf, and um, and it starts pretty damn soon. Uh-huh. Uh Thank you for listening for the last six weeks to us wrapping up series ten. If indeed you have, uh, if you've got to the end of this one, then well done anyway. Yeah, have a cake. Have a cake and eat it. Uh, but until we meet again to discuss Series 11, Ed bye, everybody. Ed bye. Thank you for listening to GNT Dwarfcast, and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our Dwarfcast again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye.